Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. So I titled uh, today the best news yet about vaccine mandates. Here it is. Man, try to have more pop-up ads on uh, news sites. Texas Governor Greg Abbott issues order prohibiting mandatory COVID-19 vaccination for those who object. Big news. Shall we read together? Texas Governor Abbott has issued an executive order that prohibits entities in the Lone Star State from forcing individuals to get vaccinated against COVID-19 if they object to vaccination on grounds of conscience, religious beliefs, or medical reasons. No, quote, no entity in Texas can compel receipt of a COVID-19 vaccine by any individual, including an employee or a consumer who objects to such a vaccination. Now, I'm going to tell you two reasons why this is big. Um, and bigger than other states that have done it. Who objects to such vaccination for any reason of personal conscience based on a religious belief or for medical reasons, including prior recovery from COVID-19, the order states. The maximum fine allowed under Section 418 173 of the Texas Government Code and the state's emergency management plan shall apply to any failure to comply with this executive order. Confinement in jail is not an available penalty for violating this executive order. So anybody that violates this, and it's public or private, so universities can't do it, schools can't do it, um, no business can, can make a customer have a vaccine. This is very big. The GOP governor's move comes as the Biden administration plans to issue a rule requiring employers with 100 or more employees to make certain that workers are either fully vaccinated or that they furnish a weekly negative test if they're unvaccinated. The governor wants the state legislature to pass legislation along the same lines as this order. Governor Abbott also sent a message to the chief clerk of the House, this is big, of the House and Secretary of the Senate, adding this issue as an item to the third special session agenda. The executive order will be rescinded upon the passage of the legislation. The special session ends October 19th, which is how many days from now? Less, it's less than two weeks, right? A week, a week. Abbott said that vaccination should be voluntary rather than compulsory. COVID-19, and then obviously you have to throw this in, or the drug cartels that run America will um, get rid of you. The COVID-19 vaccine is safe, effective, and our best defense against the virus, but should remain voluntary and never forced, Abbott said in a statement. He had already prohibited vaccination mandates by state and local government entities. So far, 62.73% of the state's population ages 12 and older has been fully vaccinated. 
while 72.54% has received at least one dose. And they, they have the tweet. Okay, let me tell you two reasons why this is big. Number one, um, for whatever reason, Governor Abbott is going to do something that Ron DeSantis won't do, which is he's going to take this and get it put in the state legislation, which DeSantis won't do. DeSantis keeps it as an executive order so then it can get challenged in courts and basically judges decide it. I don't know what DeSantis's reason is. I'm sure he has a good one. I don't know how the Florida legislature is, but I know I, uh, I'm pretty sure Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong that in Texas they have a Republican majority, if not a supermajority. I'd have to look, but it's going to pass. So it's not going to be an executive order that you that you can, that a judge can rescind. It's going to go into um, it's going to become a law. Now, if no public or private entity can require you to be uh, vaccinated, what airline is based? In, um, in Texas. When I was a kid, the Phoenix Suns used to play in, I think it was the Southwest Arena. I think Southwest used to be based in Phoenix. But I looked, and they're based in Texas now. American Airlines, I believe, is based in Texas now. So you're talking about, let alone the fact that Dallas is a major airport hub. So... You're not allowed to operate in the state of Texas and ask for and, and mandate that people be vaccinated. So if they were to pass, um, if they were to try to pass vaccination requirements for domestic air travel, you can't do it now because uh, it's not like it's North Dakota. So they could just work around the airports in North Dakota or the airports in South Dakota or Idaho. You know, you're talking about Dallas, which is. I don't know. If it's not the busiest, it's got to be... Uh, can somebody look up for me? Not to give you homework. But can somebody look up for me the five busiest airports in um, in the United States? I would have to think. I'd be stunned if Dallas... <laughs> if the, if uh, DFW wasn't in there. Uh, top three. And I, and I really wouldn't be surprised if it's number one. I know, I know Chicago used to be... Um, O'Hare used to be number one. But I'd like, I'd like to see. So, um, Stephanie said, I had to drop out of my nursing degree because the hospital wanted to take unvaxxed students, might move to Texas to finish. And there's the thing, you know, whatever Biden's doing, he's not going to be able to do it nationally. So there are going to be safe havens um, that if your state gets insane... There's going to be a place to go. Good to see you, Alexis. Love you and Derek. So there's that. Um, number two, here's more good news. The RO, which is how they measure the rate of spread. From what I read, there's only five states that have an RO that's one or higher. Which, uh, to do some simple math, if there's 50 states, that means 45 states have one that's one or lower. So once the RO goes to one or lower, the COVID um, rate starts to drop very fast because that means uh, 
the average person that gets that has a case doesn't really spread it to anybody. The seven day as of today, the seven day average of new COVID cases is under ninety thousand nationally for the first time since early August. So in two months, um, what happened is, of course, in August they were having a spike in the South. COVID COVID follows uh, the Hope Simpson seasonality curve. So when it's flu season in the South, which is in the summer for some reason, um, it spikes in the South. So you heard the media always ripping on Louisiana and Florida and Texas, and these idiots that support Trump in these Southern states. That's why there's flare-ups and they won't get vaccinated. Well, now they're, they're low. They're very low. But the thing is, last year, this was the time that it started to spike up here because it's the beginning of, of flu season um, for people who, who live in the north of the United States. But it's not spiking in the north. I think, may, you know, even the ones that have an, R, an RO of uh, like 1.05 or higher, it, it's, it's low. It's like, it's like 1.05. So there were even mainstream articles that said that they expect a decline in COVID cases till at least March. So for whatever reason, there is hope that um, statistically speaking, I'm not talking about like prayer. There's hope that that this is going to decline. Well, what happens? What happens if there's? Um, no, Gina said it's unnatural to have a respiratory outbreak in the summer. Just saying. No, that's not true because in the South, that's when they have their outbreaks. And the theory is, like in in Arizona, when it's 110 degrees out, it forces people inside, and um, and that's the reason that their flu season's in the summer. So, uh, what's going to happen if, if, the, if, there, if there's no spike in COVID cases, then you can't, <laughs> you can't pressure people because this whole thing has been fear-driven. It's never been data-driven or fact-driven. So, what happened in the United States in March? March through June when the cases were just plummeted. Well, that's when you had everybody drop their masks and open up and the sporting venues fill up. And um, it pretty much stayed like that even when there was the surge in the South. So if it dies out again, it's really going to undercut um, anybody in the Biden regime who wants to see America locked back down. So that's great news. Okay, now let's go from great news to bad news. If you live in Canada, you try you try to look for a, a bright light, and um, it's difficult to find. Here's the article. Ex-police will enforce COVID-19 rules, secure isolation site planned, Saskatoon doctors told. Saskatchewan is recruiting former police officers to help enforce. This is uh, uh, CBC. Former police officers to help enforce COVID-19 public health rules. Is also planning a secure isolation site. Mm. Reed Concentration Camp. 
in North Battleford, according to an official with the Saskatchewan Health Authority. The Saskatchewan Health Authority hosted its latest COVID-19 physician town hall on Thursday. The biweekly forum is intended to allow doctors to share information and advice among themselves, but it also contains a wealth of up-to-date information on Saskatchewan's COVID-19 epidemiology and the healthcare sector's efforts to curb the disease. The town hall, a recording of which is typically posted online on Fridays, is also whatever. Let's get to what they're doing. We're really concerned that Thanksgiving is really going to be another very bad accelerant to an already bad situation. Is it bad in Saskatchewan? Said Dr. John Mark Opando, a medical health officer with the Saskatchewan Health Authority, adding that the province is already deep into its fourth wave. During his presentation, Opando also shared news about the province's offensive strategy against COVID-19. An enforcement team is being set up by the... I don't like to hear that. By the Ministry of Health to help public health inspectors regulate masking non-compliance complaints. Okay, so they're not just going to use this facility <laughs> for people who are positive and need to quarantine. It's it's They're going to use it as a concentration camp for masking non-compliance complaints and vaccination non-compliance complaints from business or the public, Apondo said. Yikes. The team is a group of retired police officers who are really going to assist us, particularly where we are short in terms of public health inspectors. COVID-19 enforcement update. The COVID enforcement team, the CET, so they're adding like another police force is a group comprised largely of retired police officers who have been given special constable status. They will be responsible for a variety of public health order enforcement duties, including masking noncompliance, proof of vaccination noncompliance for businesses that are not typically regulated by PHIs, like gyms. It will likely take one to two weeks before the CET is out in the field. So this is going to line up with... with um, the hard push that Trudeau's doing for the end of October. Public health inspectors will be responsible for enforcing proof of vaccination requirements in facilities that we do regulate, like restaurants. And then there's a link to the non-compliance reporting form, or the snitch line. The secure isolation site at the Saskatchewan Hospital in North Battleford is being set up. It will likely take one to three weeks before it's ready to receive clients. We will work with police forces to be involved with serving any detention orders. I mean, if that doesn't give you all the onus you need to stand up against this stuff, because, um, hey, Sister Hankins, good to see you. Carla, nice to see you. Canada and Australia have showed us where this is going if you don't stand against it. Good to see you, Pastor Mike. Bad news. Um... They're not going to do medical or religious exemptions in, in, in Canada. Bad news. Um, Apondo also noted the province has a website where people can fill out a form to inform officials about people allegedly not following public health orders. Do you see? Do you see where this is, this is like a suspension of due process of law? So 
We received the complaint. You know, there's not going to be a trial or anything. There's just a special task force and a special facility to take you to. I'm sure while you're there, they'll re-educate you about um, the importance of doing your part to slow the spread. Public health inspectors and the police, once the medical health officer has signed the form for secure isolation, will be involved in assisting in transporting and moving people into the secure isolation site. Well, I guess um, the good news about this is there's no such thing as conspiracy theory anymore. Oh, we have somebody on from Saskatoon, which is in Saskatchewan. Hello from Saskatoon. We're limited to what and where we can go. So, man, in Saskatchewan was one of the freer places in... Notice in the article, there's nothing about... Um, there's no pushback from reporters or anything like, what about due process of law? Isn't this a violation of the Canadian Charter of Rights? Nothing. Just push it right through. Um, all right, so I'll close with this. Who do you believe in the Southwest Airlines, uh, uh, same in Manitoba. Who do you believe in the Southwest Airlines story? Because the rumor online, especially if you're on conservative websites, is that the pilots did a walkout and disrupted air travel. By the way, Canada, I stand in solidarity with you. So if, if, if you read um, conservative websites, the Southwest Airlines pilots staged a walkout for freedom. But if you read uh, the statements from Southwest Airlines, there is no pilot walkout. There was an air traffic control walkout and disruptive weather patterns in the United States. So, not that I'm your teacher, not that I'm your sensei, and, um, and you're my student, but I'm gonna teach you how to spot who's lying in the news. So, the new, some news reports that Southwest pilots are walking out in protest of the vaccine mandate. Southwest's official statement several times is disruptive weather patterns and air traffic controller walkout. And then um, Liberal News takes Southwest side and says, no, people are reporting pilots are walking out, but the official statement is disruptive weather patterns and an air traffic control uh, walkout. So which is it? Well, okay, here's some questions that Southwest would have to answer then. If... Um, If it's disruptive weather patterns, why was it a disruptive weather pattern that affected only one airline? That's a tough question to answer if you're Southwest. Number two, if it's because of the air traffic controller walkout, then how come it only affected one airline? Because everybody didn't cancel 1,800 flights.
one airline did, and that was Southwest. And then if you want the question answered, how come Southwest pilots are doing this and other airline pilots aren't? Supposedly, from what I've read, Southwest Airlines pilots are largely ex-military. So they're doing it as a stand for freedom. Now, here's how people lie with, without technically lying. No, our pilots did not stage a walkout. Yeah, because that terminology isn't used unless people are in union negotiations. Um, it, it, it could even possibly, possibly, possibly be illegal for pilots to all walk out and disrupt air travel. So what did they do? They were told they're going to be fired by a certain date. If they don't, if they don't get fully vaccinated, so they they all called in on their uh, their vacation days. So it wasn't an official walkout, but it was a walkout. And the way you know is because if what Southwest said is true, then Delta and United and American Airlines and Spirit would have all had flight cancellations as well. There's not one airline that's unable to travel in bad weather, and um, and other ones can. So. Obviously, Southwest and anybody that took their story is is uh, participating in the lie. And you know there's something to the pilot walkout story. And that, that's, how, that's how you uh, sort that out. I've got great news. Here's for you. It's out. Being printed right now. The new Revival Today magazine. Religious exemption, how should a Christian stand on mandatory vaccination? I write the um, scriptural and ethical article. Dr. Kelly Victory does the medical article. And attorney Chris Ann Hall does it from the legal perspective. And then we're going to have a resource page for anybody that's facing uh, problems at your job because you won't get the vaccine. So that's free. But obviously, I need to know um, your name and address to send it to you. So uh, you go to revivaltoday.com slash newsletter, or if you go on my story after you finish watching this, I have the magazine cover up there with the, tu- with, uh, the link that you can just click on and fill that out. If you, spread, uh, if you spread it or share it, that would be great. The more people that get this resource in their hands, I'm telling you, it's going to encourage you because you're not alone and you have options. Uh, in the United States, you certainly do. I'm in Maine right now, but I'll be back in Pittsburgh uh, in a handful of hours, and I'll be on Check the News tonight, Lord willing. So um, if you've never watched it before, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on the Revival Today app, join me there, 10 o'clock, and I'll look forward to seeing you. Hope you're having a, a great day wherever you're at. Irene, working my last month, they denied everybody who did religious exemption. They even denied the priest. I would challenge it. You know, you have a Title Seven challenge. And it's getting traction in court cases. Unless unless you're just... I, I don't blame you if you just... If the thing ticks you off so badly, you're just done with that whole field. Then um, I'm not going to talk you into working in a field you don't want to work, but... I, I, I want to go down without a fight. There's good lawyers that'll give you free um, representation. 
Mary, it was great to see you in New Hampshire. Sorry I didn't get a chance to come back and say hello. Father, thank you for everybody watching. Give them a great day. Thank you for your word that says, surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. We receive that today. We receive life and health and strength for ourselves and our families. In Jesus' name, bless our nation. Let the plan of the wicked continue to unravel. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you. Love you in Canada. Love you wherever you're watching. Thanks for sharing the broadcast, and thanks for joining me in the morning. I love you. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.